So when you say that concerns you, it should concern you, but only to the point where you do something differently than dad is doing. If dad's not the listener, you better be it. Be the listener. Yes. (laughs) Because she wants one of you to get it. If dad doesn't handle these situations well, then you need to be the one. And a lot of parents say, why do I have to be the one? Because you do. Because if you're not there's nobody the one, else. There's, yeah. who are we going to trust? Grandma, the right. teacher, a coach somewhere, the therapist, who's going to be the one? So again, Emma, I think it's about you accepting this is your role and it's not going to be fair, but it is the best work you will ever do with the richest rewards in the long run to be the one. That is very true. Yes. Are you frustrated with your co-parent? Do you sometimes find yourself hoping that you and your co-parent will one day get along better than you even did in your marriage? Or more secretly, wish your co-parent would meet with an untimely or maybe painful demise? (laughs) It's okay. We understand. But I'm afraid that neither of those fantasies are helping you move on with your life. We think this podcast will help you learn how to put those fantasies in the past. In each episode, we address difficult dilemmas that many co-parents face and will help you decide should you hold on to the conflict for the sake of the kids or let it go for the same reason. These issues are often complicated, but the solutions can be easier than you think. So get ready for this unconventional ride. You might be surprised it could change your life. podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, as a professional therapist, I never thought I would do therapy with my clients online until COVID. And then we were all forced to do something online. And now I realize that it's actually pretty good for my clients and and I'm enjoying it as well. Because I feel without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. And the good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with the stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and Co-Parent Dilemmas. Listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash dilemma. That's betterhelp.com slash dilemma, spelled D-I-L-E-M-M-A. Welcome to Co-Parent Dilemmas, where we give you practical solutions to those impossible co-parents. This is Diane Dirks. And I'm Rick Voiles. Hi, Diane. Good morning, Rick. How are you? (laughs) I am doing good, too. Good. Yep. Looking forward to anything? 
Well, by the time this airs, I think Christmas, that will be over. So you're looking forward to 2022. Yes, I am. I have some exciting things happening in 2022. So that's good. Yes. How about you? Yeah, I'm <laughs> the past two years, I'm ready to leave behind. Okay. <laughs> I would like to see something different on the horizon. <laughs> okay. Well, good. I'm sure some of our listeners are feeling the same way. If yep. you went through a divorce or a custody battle or anything having to do with the court in 2021, and there were a lot of those because 2020 produced a big delay and yes. glut in cases. Yep. So I've been seeing a lot of depressed people from that, just waiting, 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 waiting for their case to be heard. And then all of a sudden, all these cases are being heard and everybody's reacting. Yes. So today, I'm going to let you read this email, Rick, from Emma in Atlanta. Sure. Yeah. Emma says, hey, (laughs) I have been listening to your podcast and I was hoping you could help me with this. I'm a teacher. And our daughter, seven, is in first grade. Dad chooses to put her in after-school care uh, when she's finished from school. I realize that this is his time, and he can do whatever he wants or chooses to do with her. But our daughter is having a very hard time with this. School starts at 7.20, ends at 2.20. He doesn't pick her up till 5.30. This makes a very long day for her. She could come home with me rather than stay after school and relax, do homework, etc. And he wouldn't have to pay anything. My daughter always wants me to stay with her on the days of aftercare because she despises going and has had nightmares. I have begged him to let her come home with me and he is not responding to me. My daughter is scared to say anything to him which is another concern of mine. Can you please help me with this matter? The one word that jumps out at me is begged. Yeah. Emma, begging doesn't work with your partner. (laughs) So let's not reduce our, I don't know what she means by beg. Maybe having reached out several times or please, 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 please. This is not good for our daughter who knows, but that typically doesn't work. So that wouldn't be the way to handle this. I'm a little bit concerned about what's happening at aftercare. She despises it and has had nightmares. Right. Having a hard time with it. Seven I mean, years lot, old. Yeah. Lots of kids go to aftercare. My kids did when I was a single parent. And uh-huh. I know she's not the only, she's not sitting in a chair by herself with somebody until 530, which would be pretty awful. Yeah. You know, there are other kids there. So my first question would be well, what's happening there. Is something going on that she needs to address is, the other kids bullying her or there are are no kids her age and she feels lonely. I would want to know more about that before I would try to figure out whether it's healthy for her or not. But for the most part across the board, kids go because their parents work and they learn to navigate that. So I'm not real sure that there's a case to be made with dad that this isn't good for her because lots of kids do it. Uh, She might not like it. And mom sees how inconvenient it is for her. I'm right there. Why wouldn't she just go home with me after school and him pick her up at the house? So let's give dad some benefit of the doubt on this one before we answer. Maybe I can think of a few things that might drive this. Maybe dad doesn't really want to have to engage with her. And if I pick our child up at her home later, that puts me in proximity 
And maybe there has been a history of them getting into it at exchanges and he just doesn't want to put himself in that position. So he feels this is more practical to reduce the conflict. That yeah, she's emotionally. School. Yep. I can't pick her up at 2.20, but I can pick her up at 5.30 and then I don't have to be in mom's presence. Yes. And if they're high conflict, I would say that makes sense. Yep. Can you think of an, another reason if we're giving dad the benefit of the doubt here? Yeah, I can sympathize. Practically speaking, it probably would be easier for the child to do what she's suggesting. And he may be resistant because the other side of the coin that I often see is that dad comes up with the idea. Oh, you know, this would probably be easier for our child. Why don't you just take her home with you from school and I'll come pick her up at 530 and then it comes back to bite dad because mom now, not that not that Emma's doing this or would do this, but mom now is accusing dad of not wanting to be taught, not using their parenting time. And they'll use that in court against them. See, right. they don't if even want their parenting time. If we, well, and it's not that he doesn't want it because he's working, but yeah, giving up, if this is happening several times a month. He's giving up three hours on those times to mom. It could appear that she's taking more time and that could have child support implications. Right. Could, she's good. If, she, if she decides to go back and say, well, I've got 80% of the time because even yes. on the days he has them, I have to take her home and I have to spend three hours with her. And that's really his time. So there could be, so in his mind, I don't know if it would be a legal repercussion, but in his mind, he may be thinking, I've got to preserve that as my time. And the final thing, which I hope is not happening, is that dad is afraid that if the child spends more time with mom, she will bond more with mom yeah. instead of him. Mm-hmm. And he's actually keeping her from that bond. And that would not be my go-to assumption, but stranger things have happened. So we've seen those kinds we've of seen situations. It. Yeah. Yes. So not knowing what dad's motivation is to do this, we can't really speak on whether it's good or bad, right? right. What's going on at daycare? Is there something abusive happening? Is dad just trying to preserve his time so mom can't claim in court later that he's not taking those three hours on several occasions a month? Is he just not wanting to be face-to-face with mom and pick up and drop offs? He's trying to avoid conflict mm-hmm. or is he trying to keep her from that bond? So Let's just leave that out there because we don't know. Let's talk about it from mom's perspective. This is one of those things that, like I said, begging doesn't work. So you probably should let it go. Dad is allowed to do this because it's his time. He gets to make that decision. He's choosing to do it. And you can ask. I think I'm all for asking. Right. Hey, this is free for you. I'm willing to do it because I'm here. I think our daughter would enjoy it more. Let's do this. And I won't get into any conflict with you at the pick up and drop off. You can just pick her up at the house. I'll send her out to the driveway. We don't have to see each other face to face or whatever. And even maybe bring it up twice. But like we've said before, when you keep bringing something up three times or more, it starts to feel like harassment. Yeah. Yeah. Bring it a couple of times. If he doesn't respond, then just accept it. So let's just go with that for a minute that you have decided because we said you should probably let this go. You don't really have any power to change it. Now, how do you talk to your daughter about it? Because your daughter is despising it and having nightmares. Yes. Now she knows they've talked enough for her to know this somehow, that there's some communication between mom and the daughter that mom has concluded that she despises. And I don't know exactly what that means for a seven-year-old. Yeah. And is having nightmares 
So they have had the conversation. Maybe I would hope that we could look at ways to go deeper into the conversation by asking some of those whack questions that we've talked about before. What worries you? What concerns you? What are you afraid of? Right. And so, again, we don't know what the daughter is reporting about daycare, but that's not an issue with dad. That's an issue with the daycare or the after school care that and she's a teacher there. She probably presumably has contacts that she would know who to talk to about those issues. I'm going to assume though, that it might not be anything abusive going on. Their daughter just doesn't like it. She gets tired. She wants to be home with mommy. That makes perfect sense. Right. Yeah. But so do all the other kids there. (laughs) That's true. So my concern, my concern is that mom is painting this to the daughter as something bad. And seven-year-olds are going to pick up on your body language, your responses. When daughter says, mommy, I don't want to do this. Does mom say, I know, I don't know why your dad won't let you do this. This is just wrong. What's the message that the daughter is getting? That dad's not doing the right thing and should be different. And if the seven-year-old wants to please mom. Oh, definitely. She's going to get upset about it. Or she thinks, poor little thing, if she's witnessed her parents in conflict, she's worried. Mom doesn't like it. I'm there. I shouldn't be going, but dad's making me go. I need to get out of this so I don't start a fight. She's trying to prevent being responsible for a fight. So if I can make enough noise about it and cry and worry, and she might be having nightmares about that, more about the conflict she's creating. That would make more sense to me. Yeah. Rather than what's happening at the daycare or after school care. So Mom, uh, Emma, you have to be very careful about how you talk with your daughter about this, that you don't blame dad, because I know it sounds counterintuitive, but blaming dad is something that your daughter will take on herself. That's kind of blaming her. Yeah. yeah. I I shouldn't be going there because my mom doesn't like it. So very careful to say, I know, honey, you don't really like it that much, but there are a lot of other kids there too. And and they have to do it too, because their mommies and daddies work. And this is just how it is for a lot of children. And then give her coping skills. If she's bored there, or if she doesn't really want to do her homework there, because it's hard to concentrate. I don't know. There could be a hundred reasons why she doesn't like it. Then make accommodations for that. Right. A plan B. Let's give give you a puzzle that you can work while you're there or a little puzzle book or coloring book or something. You don't have, you know, when you get home that night, we'll do homework. And you might think that's unfair. Well, that doesn't make any sense because I could be doing homework with her at three o'clock at home. (laughs) Well, life ain't fair. True. Right. True. And there's a lot of things about co parenting that aren't fair, but let's think about what's fair to your daughter. So you may have to make accommodations. Your plan B might be to just let this go, let it happen, let it continue, but find a way to make it easier for your daughter at the after-school care, whatever that takes, whatever her concern is when you ask her what's hard about it, what is hard about being there, whatever she says about that, find ways to make accommodations to make it easier for her. But we want to send the message, especially at seven years old, she has two co-parents that are presumably going to be co-parenting for the next 10 years or more. Yeah. This is probably not the last issue that you're going to find irrational and flexible and unfair. No, (laughs) I can guarantee it's not going to be the last one. There are going to be many more. So now is the time when she's seven to begin to prepare her that you don't have control over these issues. Just because she says, I don't like what dad is doing or choosing. 
you need to tell her you can't fix that. Later on, she's going to be wanting to play soccer and dad may have control over activities and he may say, no, I want you to play baseball. And you might think that's wrong, but there's probably little you're going to be able to do about it. And you, the only thing you can do is console your child and say, that's, that's one of the consequences of a divorced family is that we can't operate like an intact family where there's goodwill and trust and all those things that we talk about in good, healthy relationships. So this is not to blame you, Emma. This is to help you accept what you're having trouble accepting is that it's not going to go the way you want it to go every time. And we want you to share that acceptance with your daughter. And more than anything, it's going to be fine. We'll get through this. Tell her, yeah, tell the daughter that. That needs (laughs) to be the message. The sky is not falling because this is happening. And I bet you the nightmares will go away when she sees that you can be okay with it. You're okay. That's a big message for kids. I can't control dad, but I can make it easier for you. And she will love you for that. She will say, and I've heard kids say that, teenage kids or even kids of divorce in their 20s who have talked to me who said, I knew my dad was a problem. I knew my mom was a problem. My other parent is a saint for having having dealt with some of the ridiculous things that they put out there. But I always knew that my mom or my dad, the one that I trusted, was going to make accommodations to make sure that I was okay. So let me do this. Let's say the child comes to mom and says, why does daddy make me stay? Give us some words for mom. We'll be back after a quick break. The heart behind the iMom podcast is storytelling because every mom has a story to tell. I know that when I talk to my friends who are parenting and we share stories, we all end up feeling less alone and more capable of loving our kids well. You can find information everywhere on the internet. Some is bad parenting advice and some is pretty wise. We like to think there's a lot of wisdom on iMom.com. And when you combine that signature wisdom with a great story, it brings parenting to life. We want a mom who's listening to see herself and her kids in these stories and rest in the confidence that she is the perfect mom for her kids. Check out the I'm On podcast with new episodes every Monday. Why does daddy make me stay in the aftercare? Yeah. 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 Because lots of parents have jobs and they want kids to be in aftercare so that you can be with other children. Sometimes it's a, they they think your dad might think it's really good for you to have this social interaction with other children. Maybe he thinks it's a good time for you to do your homework and a structured time for you. And she may say, some kids are amazing. She may say, no, he just doesn't want me to be with you. No, don't say that. The kid might, the kid might say that. Oh, I see. Oh yeah. What would you say then? Yeah. And then The best thing you can say to that mom should say, that's probably because your dad and I haven't always gotten along very well. And he's probably protecting you because if he comes here to pick you up, he probably doesn't want to create conflict with me. And that's him protecting you from the conflict. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. If you're okay with that, she will be okay with that. And I think I've said this before. Kids understand the word protection. Yes. When you say, well, your dad's just being inflexible, your dad is just afraid to give up time to me, your dad really doesn't want me to have a bond with you, (laughs) none of that is helpful. But to say, you know, 
Your dad and I haven't had the best history of interaction. We had a difficult time when we were married and even the divorce was a little bit hard. And there were times where we got into conflict and it wasn't very healthy for any of us, including you. Right. So I'm going to assume that he's just doing this because he doesn't want to have to be in conflict with me when he comes to pick you up. So that helps you to not have to witness us in conflict. And that's probably more important than the things that you don't like it aftercare. And, and then reframing the problem for yep, her. Reframe it. And then even if up, that's not true. Right. No, we don't yeah. know what's true. We don't know if dad is doing it for those. And she could start reasons. out. She could start out. I don't know. I maybe don't know. it's. Yeah. I think let's address mom. Maybe saying, well, this is common. Well, have you talked to your dad about your feelings? Oh, yes. She well, actually says that she's my afraid answer to talk to that. To him. Yeah. My answer is that. And I don't know anything about dad. Let's just say that dad's hard to talk to. Let's just say dad is one of those impossible co-parents. Let's just say dad is a narcissist. Okay. Well, Emma, how easy was it for you to talk to him in marriage? <laughs> Chances are you left him because you couldn't talk to him. Now we're sending the daughter into battle to a battle she can't win. Because right. we know how dad is not the kind of person maybe that's going to go, Oh, Oh, honey, I didn't know. I'm so glad you told me that changes everything. I'm going to start taking you to your mom's now. That's likely not going to happen. Right. So I would caution anybody, any parent encouraging a child in this kind of situation where there's this much tension to say, well, you just need to tell your dad about it. I'm not against a child talking about their feelings to either parent. Of course I want that. But chances are this child may have already had the experience. She says she's afraid to talk to dad. I'm going to assume the experience she's had with dad is when she expresses her feelings. He dad doesn't hear. Listen, twists them, blames them, shuts them down, blames mom for her feelings. Who knows what he does? So the child learns very quickly. Okay, that that hurts me. Yeah. (laughs) Unless you have a parent who can open and listen. So to the dads out there who are doing this, I would say to them, be very careful if your child comes to you and says, daddy, I really don't want to go to that after school. There's this boy there that always makes fun of me or it's boring or I get my homework done in five minutes. And I don't have whatever her excuses to say, yeah, I get that. That really makes sense. But here's why I think it's important for you to be there. And I just don't want to be in, encounter your mom so that you don't have to witness any conflict and something like that to assure the child that I hear you but I'm your parent and I get to make this decision, but your feelings are important. And I'll help you problem solve. Yeah. Yeah. Because if if you say, daddy, I don't want to go to daycare. And he says, well, that's because your mom told you. (laughs) Yeah. Don't do that. And as a seven-year-old, am I ever going to go want to go back to dad again and process? I don't want to do that that again. Dilemma? No. Uh -uh. No. So Emma, you don't know what dad has said to her when she's tried to talk to him about her feelings about anything. And you're not going to fix that either. So when you say that concerns you, it should concern you, but only to the point where you do something differently than dad is doing. If dad's not the listener, you better be it. Be the listener. Yes. (laughs) Because she wants one of you to get it. If dad doesn't handle these situations well, then you need to be the one. And a lot of parents say, why do I have to be the one? Because you do. Because if you're not Because there's nobody else. (laughs) Who are we going to trust? Grandma? The teacher, a coach somewhere, the therapist, who's going to be the one? So again, Emma, I think it's about you accepting this is your role and it's not going to be fair, but it is the best work you will ever do with the richest rewards in the long run. 
to be the one. That is very true. Yes. If you'll learn to do the work and she is coming to her. I, the, the silver lining here is we, it's already clear her daughter's talking to her. Yeah. She just needs to leverage it more and go yeah. deeper and create that bond. And I you know, know some, it's hard. We're both parents. And when your kid comes to you with a pain where you want to fix it, but I think it's also helpful to tell children from a young age, not everything's fixable, but we can cope. Right. We can get through it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it occurs to me, this popped into my head and I'm not saying Emma's doing this, but this, I could see myself doing this and make it worse. So I'm at the school and my daughter's down the hall at the end of school. I get off work and I'm going to walk right by the room, go into my car. I would probably stop and say hi or goodbye, not knowing <laughs> that every time I did that, the daughter feels left. Oh, that's an amazing point. I like that. Yeah. So maybe mom does. Yeah, exactly. I would probably do the same thing. Okay. Bye, honey. Have yeah. a good time at childcare while right. I go home. And, and I can yeah. my relaxation. And have haagen ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave you here in jail. <laughs> Yes. I, I, like <laughs> I said, I would not point. realize I would be making and maybe that. this repeated abandonment that why can't you fix this? Why can't I go home with you? So Emma, you might want to decide not to do that and tell her, because I want you to get some strength around this. I'm not going to come by and say goodbye to you every day because I think it might make you feel worse. And yeah. I don't want you to feel bad about this. And you got this, you have friends in there. And I just don't want you to be thinking about my feelings or who's at fault, or what the conflict is between us. I want to completely take you off the hook of that. And I think I'll just go ahead and go home and I'll see you at 530. Yep. Enjoy your time with your friends at childcare. I'll see you when we get home. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Good job. Yeah. Okay. So we will um, revisit another issue. Will we ever run out of issues? I don't think so. No. Maybe different variations on the same issue, I think. But yes. um, years ago, I wrote a, a column for single parents on a monthly basis. It was syndicated in a lot of local regional magazines. And do you know I did that column for 20 years? No kidding. Wow. 20 years. I think I stopped, started in like 1990. I think I stopped somewhere around 2010. Wow. Because I just kind of got tired. Uh-huh. <laughs> But I never ran out of things to say. And I still sell those articles to different magazines occasionally because they have my backlist. But it's just kind of interesting how our culture just keeps coming up with new ways of making the co-parent relationship difficult. Yes. Yes. So we have a never-ending list of things. But our focus is really understanding your issues and answering your questions. So again, call us one two three four dilemma or 1234dilemma at gmail.com. I'll see you next week. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. We hope this episode was helpful to you. If you'd like to share your dilemma or tell us how something we said has benefited your situation, please call 1234dilemma. That's 234-362-3445. Or email 1234dilemma at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Co-Parent Dilemmas wherever you get your podcasts and give us a favorable rating. That will make us more accessible to co-parents who are searching for help. Thank you for being part of our non-impossible family.